Seven Figure Box Show. My name is Andrew Frezza, and in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about weathering the storm of coronavirus. And obviously, coronavirus has been going on for months now, and there's no clear end in sight. And when I talk about weathering the storm, I'm, I have two main theses about this that I wanna share with you. And number one is that I think it's gonna be a while still, and likely you guys believe this as well, it'll be a, a while still before we get back to anything that looks like a normal, okay? And when I say normal, I'm thinking um, no longer needing social distancing, meaning you could fit more people in your classes, um, you don't have to space everyone out, you don't have to have all these uh, gaps between classes, your cleaning protocols can come down a little bit. I think it's gonna be a little bit, little bit before that returns. And then the, the other side of that is consumer confidence, right? You might have all the freedom from a regulation standpoint to run your gym fully the way you want to, the way it was run before, but the consumer confidence might not be there yet. So those people might not walk through your doors and I don't believe they're gonna rush into your doors once the government or once local officials say, hey, we're good to go back to normal. So consumer confidence is gonna be a long way off. So my, my big part of this first thesis is that get in the mindset of weathering the storm because this is gonna be a while. The second flip side of this is that if you can successfully weather the storm, I think we're gonna enter one of the best periods ever for the micro gym industry. And I think that if you can get to that point and be in a good position to succeed, that you're gonna experience the best one to two years that you've ever had in this business post COVID. So let's first talk about how to weather the storm and how long you might have to weather the storm for. I'm thinking that 12 to 24 months is about the timeline that we wanna have in our heads. We wanna be able to survive. Um, we're really thinking about, for the most part, breaking even during this time. Okay, not breaking even before we pay ourselves, but including paying ourselves, including paying our staff, including our ex normal expenses. How can we break even for the next 12 to 24 months? And then that way we're in a good position where we still have some cash reserves a year from now. Um, we have a membership base to grow off of. And once those floodgates are, are, so to speak, open again, we're ready to take on new members. So for some of you guys that's negotiating rent decreases, for some of you guys that's working with your staff to um, shift their roles around and get them to understand that they need to be patient as well. So I think a big part of this is just getting buy-in from your staff. For us, we're not necessarily paying our coaches any less, but there is this, this uh, realization that they might not have the same opportunities for personal training that they had before or um, specialty programs before as they did before. And with these things not there, they might not be able to bring as much home as they did previously. And that's okay, right? I want our coaches to understand, I want your coaches to understand that this is a time to be patient and be ready to weather that storm. So part of this is having the communication and the buy-in from your staff that they're gonna be in the trenches with you as you guys weather the storm together. And then for some of you guys, you need to really figure out a way that you can get those their salaries down, get their roles down to a point that they can still survive, but to a point that the business can survive. Because if the business goes away, no one wins. So it's really important that the business does survive for both parties, the owner and the coaches that you have. This would also be a great time to do an expense audit where you print out your most recent bank statements, your most re recent credit card statements, 
and go through and figure out what's, what charges don't need to be there. What subscriptions can you go without? What things can you do away with in the short term so you can minimize that burn rate, right? That's a term that's often used with technology companies like an Uber or a company like that where they're talking about their burn rate because a lot of those companies aren't profitable. They have VC money that's backed them. They might have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, but they might be burning tens of millions of dollars every month and might not have a very long run rate. So it's important to figure out what is that run rate? Okay, how much are you burning each month currently? If you get to a certain membership level, what would that change to? And how can you get those expenses down and get those revenues up to minimize that burn rate or get to a point that you are breaking even? There's a lot of gyms out there, a lot of mentors out there that are telling you there's no better time than now to build up your business. Um, and I think that could be true for some. If you want to shift to more of a personal training style gym, if you have ideas to really step fully into the online realm or the personal programming realm, if you see that as a part of your long-term business, I would really go all in on one of those things right now. But if you don't really see that thing as your long-term vision for your business and you don't think there's a seed of possibility that would be part of your long-term vision, then I would actually tell you the opposite. Do enough to kind of get by in those areas, but stick to your core competency. And if your core competency is still gonna be the in-person gym group class experience, then I would be of the mindset of how can I weather the storm, but do the little things now to put myself in the best position to succeed in 2021 and beyond. And the reason I say that if we can weather the storm that we will be successful is I think it's a, a few factors that I've already seen glimpses of that I think are gonna become just tidal waves of, of good things coming to our businesses once things return to normal and that consumer confidence gets back up. And the first thing is that I think consumers are gonna be dying to get back into social environments. I think that people really miss that element. A lot of people that are working out at home are realizing how much they would pay now to be working out alongside other people, how much more value they get out of their daily workouts by being around others, by having the coaching, the camaraderie, the accountability, the music, the equipment, all those things that you provide. Even if you don't provide great one-on-one -on -one coaching, there's a really good uh, element in the environment that you provide that just can't be touched at the at-home experience. The other thing is that people are realizing the importance of their health. Um, I wish more people would even realize this. Of, I think a lot of the effects of COVID are because of, of the current state of health of our country, but there are a lot of people that are being faced with the importance of getting rid of those pre-existing conditions, right? And the fact that they can do their part to potentially prevent um, themselves being at the effect of the next pandemic, they're seeing the importance of taking care of their health and prioritizing that. Which leads into the next thing, which is a lot of consumers that I've seen coming to the gym for the first time and that will be coming to the gym 12 months from now are gonna be very price insensitive. These are gonna be people that if you have higher price packages, they're not gonna balk at them. They're gonna jump right on them. You know, if they still have had their jobs throughout the pandemic and they're still doing well financially, which I think there's gonna be a lot of those people, not everybody, but there'll still be a lot of those people, they might be doing better financially post pandemic than they are than they were two years ago. And those people now know the, the value of their health and they're not price shopping as much 
what the gym is. They're saying, how can this gym get me the things that I want, the social atmosphere, the results that I want, and they're gonna jump right on that. So I think we're gonna go into a very price insensitive market where people are willing to pay a higher price point. And then finally, you have a lot of high quality coaches and staff that I think are gonna be on the market and they're gonna be available for gyms to hire and build their team. And, and that's one of my next tips for you guys of when we get to how I think you can set yourself up for success is having the right team in place. And then I didn't say it, but another big important thing is gym shutting down. There's gonna be a lot of uh, consolidation in our industry. A lot of gyms are gonna not be here. So if you're on the verge of not being here and you wanna be here, okay, I've mentioned in other podcasts that I think now is a great time to evaluate whether you wanna be a gym owner. But if you've spent the time journaling and evaluating that and you know you wanna be a gym owner for many years to come, many decades to come, then your mindset needs to be, how can I weather this storm? And how can I put myself in a position where 24 months from now, even if nothing changes, I know I'm still gonna be here. Um, because once a lot of the gyms are not gonna survive, and that's gonna be a lot more opportunity for the gyms that do to be able to um, be a place for these members to go to and be able to charge what they want, okay? So let's talk about now how to set yourself up for success, because it's not enough just to be around 24 months from now, right? A lot of gyms that I know, we were a part of it, were part of CrossFit when CrossFit was hotter than anything out there. And a lot of those gyms did okay during those times, like 2012, 2013, but a lot of those gyms didn't do great. They were just breaking even, and some even went out of business then when times were, you know, quote, great. So how do you put yourself in position where when times are great, you can actually take advantage of great times? And one of the first things is to maintain and develop your team. So if you already have great people on board, how can you keep those people on board and how can you develop them, develop their skills to the point that they're gonna be even more well-prepared coming out of this thing? And one of the biggest things is sales. Developing those sales skills is a really big one. Um, but thinking about the sort of the niche of each coach, do coaches wanna be more sports specific? Do coaches wanna coach kids classes or nutrition? How can we start to get them the knowledge and tools to excel in their individual areas? And then you pair that with a good sales background and you have coaches that can take off in any of those niches. Another big one is your onboarding process. So one of the things that's been awesome for us, two things that have been awesome for us as it relates to onboarding during this time is number one, we signed up with Uplaunch, which has just uh, been awesome for really dialing in and automating that onboarding process, but allowing us to um, get a no sweat intro with every single new member. And then the second thing building on that is that new members are expecting to come into a console. They're not expecting to come into a free class. And I think the free class has, has hurt a lot of gyms like ours that are micro gyms, they have a higher price point. And I think that it's really important that you do start with a conversation. You learn about the person, you learn about their goals. Because if you wanna sell anything that's more than a, just a group class membership, or you wanna sell a group class membership but at a slightly higher price point and you wanna be one of the more expensive ones in your market, you need to start it differently. You can't just have people start with a free class because it's gonna seem like a commodity because it is a commodity. You're just selling that group class. Whereas if you get to know that person and you have ways to tailor that experience to them with personal training and individualized coaching, then that's a completely different experience. 
So dial in that onboarding process and I'd recommend that all of you guys go to a process now that looks like a no sweat intro. It doesn't, I would do away with the free class um, except for the rare exception moving forward. Another big one is pricing, okay? You gotta be priced right. You have to have some margin built in. And for now, um, I don't think it's the best time to raise prices on members, but I think that some of you guys might be in a position where you have to in order to weather the storm, right? Going back to our original point, you might just not be able to fit as many people in the facility. I know we can't, we normally have caps of 35 people per class. And now we have uh, 16 in our beach fit and 18 in our FTX classes. Now that's good enough for us to still get by and weather the storm, but for some of you guys, it's not gonna be, and some of you guys have to raise rates just to weather the storm, but when you come back, you might have to raise rates because you were never charging based on you know, the, what you plan to pay your coaches, what the operational capacity of your facility is, and think about the additional cleaning expenses that you've taken on at your gym. You know, that alone is, is raising the cost of your classes, but think about it in terms of what do you want to make coming out of this thing and what would it take, what would you have to charge at what number of members in order to make that? And I would get that price point set now, even if it's not for your old members, even if you're not raising rates on your old members, set that now for new members because like I said, a lot of our new members are very price insensitive right now. They know the importance of their health, they just need to get back to a social environment and they're willing to pay a higher price. And, and frankly, you gotta be willing to charge that higher price because that's what's gonna keep you around for many more years to come. The other big thing that I think needs to change for a lot of you guys is cleaning up your facility. I think that this has really accelerated the movement away from the grungy garage gym that was so inherent in the early days of CrossFit. I think that this time period, the coronavirus pandemic has really accelerated the movement away from it. It was already happening. It was already happening in a big way, but now I think there's going to be little to no place for that type of gym moving forward because people are going to associate that visual, uh, whether it's like an unpainted wall or a dirty floor or chalk everywhere, they're going to associate that with dirt and disease. And a lot of our members, it's not going to be a, it's not a black and white of like, okay, I, I wasn't ready to show up uh, yesterday and now the government said we're good to show up back to the gym and now I'm ready to show up. A lot of people are going to have this time frame where they're unsure about showing up back to the gym or again it might be their first time ever coming to the gym and they might walk in and just be immediately turned off because in the back of their mind they've been so conditioned for the last 6, 12, 18 months to look for things that are unsanitized or unclean and associate that with really bad negative feelings. So they might even not know why they don't want to sign up for your gym, but if you don't have a clean gym, if you don't have, you know, freshly painted walls, you don't have clean floors, it's going to be a big deal moving forward. So part of this weathering the storm is that if you have little upgrades that you can make to your facility, that are gonna have a huge bang for their buck. I think paint's a big one, right? You just buy the paint, you put a little sweat equity in, and you can drastically change the appearance of your facility. You need to start making those little moves now, right? Do that while preserving cash. Don't buy a bunch of new equipment. That's not the right thing to do. But do those little facility upgrades that will really uh, change that. Think about the person that when they walk in your experience and they're sitting at your front door, what do they see, okay? They're not gonna notice 
the random reverse hyper GHD that you have, they're gonna see a visual, uh, just a framework of the paint on the walls, how organized things are, um, how things look, and if they, if that feels good to them, it's gonna make a big difference. And then the last thing I'll say is continue to thrive at providing high energy, fun group classes. And most of you guys do this really well, that's not hard for you to do, but what I would encourage you to do from a very tactical standpoint is to actually have less classes on the schedule that you get filled up to a certain point before you add more classes. Now, right now you can make the argument that you want more classes on the schedule because you want less people in class and you want more room for social distancing. And I think we're getting some benefit of the doubt as gym owners and the market's giving us some benefit of the doubt where even if the experience is not great, it's still way better than working out at home. Now there's gonna come a time where we're gonna lose that benefit of the doubt from the consumer and the consumer is gonna say, okay, is this worth my money? Because there's a lot of options now and I don't know if it's worth it for me to pay for this experience when there's only three people in class. So I think it's really important for you to um, keep your class offerings small and narrow so that way you can get up to classes that have eight, 10, 12, 15, 20 people in a class. As we've seen at our gym, I've seen this at a lot of other gyms, it's, it's like the nightclub phenomenon. People wanna go where other people are and that is going to come back at some point in a big way people are going to miss that social environment and if you can have classes that consistently have 10 plus people in them then that's going to bring the energy that's going to revive the energy of your gym really quick and people are going to really draw to that they're going to grasp onto that because they've gone so long without it okay so that's my tip on scheduling keep your class schedule limited so that way you can get those high energy social classes so again, weather this storm, guys. Find a way to survive the next 12 to 24 months and put yourself in the best position to succeed at the end of this thing. And hopefully I'll see you guys on the other side of this. I plan to be there on the other side. Um, and if you have any questions as usual, andrew at fittown.com. We'll talk soon.